The antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. Well, after spending the last month and 9,222 kilometers on the road, it is good to be back here in the studio. <laughs> Even if it is so hot, I think I could melt. The last few days of my camping trip was spent at Audio Feed, the annual music festival held in southern Illinois. Many of the artists you've heard on the Antidote have played this event in the past. And that's one reason that I head there every July. Another reason for going is the wide range of music styles you can find there. A big reason is that it's always a blast speaking with artists I've met in the past and being able to meet some new ones. So, you know, the problem is you spend more time visiting than actually seeing the bands play. Tonight, I brought a few of those conversations to The Antidote. We're going to cover some music ground, too, with styles ranging from rock to Americana to punk and metal. First comes my chat with the UK and EU band Riffersbach. Enjoy. The antidote is at Audio Feed 2019, and we're meeting with Riffersbach. Yes. Yeah. Hey, everyone. You've got to introduce yourselves and tell us where you're from. So, my name is Rich. Um, normally, I'm not the front man, but in this case, because we didn't have a singer for this show, I've had to step up and do the lead vocals, but I'm predominantly more bass and backing vocals, and I'm from the UK. Um, hello, my name is Steven, and um, I am the drummer in Riffersbach, and I'm originally from the Philippines, but I grew up in Belgium my whole life, and then I decided to uh, go to the UK to study uh, popular music and worship in Coventry uh, in a university called Nexus Institute of Creative Arts. And uh, hey everyone, I'm Pierre, I'm the guitarist. Uh, I'm originally from Switzerland, and uh, I've moved to the UK to study also with uh, Stephen uh, four years ago now. Contemporary worship. Everybody's going to think this is what you guys are actually doing. <laughs> Hardly the case. Why would you ever think about doing both? Well, I think that the, main, that the first thing that we learn about uh, what worship actually is, is that it's not like a style or a... Um, your typical church music you hear, so your typical Hillsong United or whatever, um, because predominantly our worship is uh, just like your expression towards our God, and that's what it is to us, and um, that can be expressed in different ways and different styles. So for us, um, outpouring our own testimonies and way how we live, and with our songs we want that to be an encouragement to other people, and we do that in a uh, alternative hard rock outfit. Because that's where we feel like more um, home and, and where it feels more appropriate. You're going to have a hard time convincing North American audiences that that's even possible. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it's interesting because in the UK, so when I grew up, I was predominantly into the more new metal and the pop punk scene. So I've had a mix of like the English and American influences. Um, but it's interesting. So I, I was aware kind of like of the history of like heavy metal in the church and there, there has been a divide. I'm, I don't know how big it is still today or how small it is. Um, but at the same time, it's like we feel called to this type of ministry for now. Um, and it's it's just the sound that helps us express, um, express, as Stephen said, the, the worship and the, and the stuff that God's been doing with us as well. Well, that makes me interested then. What type of venues are you guys playing at? Are we talking just churches, festivals, clubs, bars? Where do you go? So we play like a mix of different venues. So we have played some, some churches, but we also play in like the local clubs and bars uh, down in the UK as well. So we, we're not just limited to uh, just predominantly just playing in the Christian scene. We want to be able to do what Jesus did and just take take the message out to everyone that needs it because Jesus says it's not the it's not the, the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. So if we're not going out into the places to preach our message to those who haven't heard, then we're just preaching to the converted. And although it might bless some people, it's like we actually want to have a further outreach to those that haven't heard. 
Well, then, what is the Christian music scene like, both in Europe and the UK? Does it exist? See, that's a difficult one, because I work for a, a multimedia company that works within the Christian scene. So I'd say that there is, um, but I think it is not as established as in the U.S. here. Um, and we are currently now like forming an alliance with as much as UK uh, industry um, influencers, media partners. And um, because this is still a new thing for us and we're trying to build it up together um, because we uh, believe in community and uh, standing together in this thing. So uh, we, I believe that like that there is, but it's, it's not fully established yet, in my opinion. <laughs> what about in Switzerland? Is it the same? Yeah, I would say it's a bit a bit the same. Uh, I guess most of the people they actually listen more like to bands from the US, like Christian band from the US. So um, it's not really developed uh, as much. That's also why I moved to England. Uh, just in general, that is, yeah, maybe secular music or Christian music is not uh, very very developed. But it's definitely starting more and more. Uh, people they want to to see more like art which can be like uh, in painting, drawing, music, uh, just any kind of art start to become more and more present I guess. That could be a contentious point because often Christian music is regarded as being not artful. Mm -hmm. It's just derivative of the mainstream. Is it possible to have Christians coming out to the forefront and taking the art form to a higher level? Yes, um, that is definitely the, the culture uh, where we as Christian are seen as and I guess um, as a creative myself this is where we try to um, be different and it's so cheesy but we believe in to transform that idea and to paradigm shift the idea that um, being a Christian and, and being a musician within that that we can do that on a high level and some people have uh, developed that to, to high level such spans like Lauren Daigle, who has hit the Billboard charts in the mainstream area. So we have a lot of front runners, such as, for example, Skillet is there in the rock Billboard scenes as well. So like these kind of bands are starting it off. Um, but we are trying to do that as well in the UK, and we're getting there slowly. Um, okay, but we can't really equate Skillet with art. So let's just drop that whole idea. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's me being harshly critical. So then, are you guys really going to be setting an example for the rest of the music scene in the UK and the EU? It's interesting. You mentioned about the EU because of all the Brexit debacle that's going on. So, I mean, it'll be well, it'll be interesting for some like me in terms of like, if Brexit still happens, I mean, there's still like a debate about that going, if it's actually ever going to happen or if it's going to keep being pushed back and pushed back. So I'm not sure about the standard for the EU just yet until they've sorted that out, but in terms of the UK, I think what we really want to do is we want to just show that we're serious about the message that we're putting across, um, not just in our songs, but in terms of how we interact with others. Um, but also the fact that we want to be seen as professional as well, that we're not just kind of like thinking, well, God's got our back, so therefore we can just lower the standards because it's like, well, God's given us a gifting and it would be foolish not to keep investing in that and try to like hone it and make it better as well. Um, yeah, God, God wants to use those gift things, but to the best of our abilities as well. Why don't we get more specific about your music itself? I'm a newcomer to your music. Everybody listening is a newcomer to your music. What is the one song that listeners have to check into and why? That's a difficult one, isn't it? <laughs> um, so I think, I mean, I'd have to go to our first single we released called Arrows. When we wrote that back with our... Uh, original singer Bradley two years ago just the way the lyrics came together he, he based it on the Ephesians chapter where it talks about the sword of the spirit and how actually the shield of faith blocks the arrows that come from the evil one rising up and standing up against that and standing in your identity with God so I mean I, I'm sure I can speak for these guys I think that is the one that we would recommend people listen to first not just because it's the first single but it's because it captures like what the ministry is about it's about helping people realize who their identity is in God and that they don't have to listen to the lies of not just the enemy, but what the world throws at them as well. And that kind of like message is encapsulated in, within pretty much all of our songs as we write. Guys, thanks so much for coming for a talk with The Antidote. Have a good time with the tour and try to put up with the hot weather here. 
No, we'll try. <laughs> we'll try our best. No, thank you. It's uh, it's a privilege to have met you, and um, and hopefully we can uh, be family as well with uh, our Canadian brothers out there and sisters. So thank you so much. This is Shane from Everything in Slow Motion. You're listening to The Antidote with Dave Hawkins.
that's what I consider to be one of the greatest songs of all time. Most days from everything in slow motion. Shane Oshner and the band rarely tour anywhere close to Canada, so I never really thought I'd have the chance to be at one of their shows. When I spoke with Shane, he gave me some good news. He told me that the band has a new release in the works and that he's going to bring that to the antidote later in the year. Another of my favorites is Six Foot Ten, the Americana project of Tobin Bawinkle. You're going to love this conversation and the 610 song, The Promise. Dave Hawkins is here with Tobin Bawinkle, who's a both Flatfoot 56 and 610. We got to talk about 610. Of course, name is obvious because it comes from your height. But style-wise, it's different from what you usually do. It's definitely not Celtic punk. Yeah, yeah, 610 started in 2013. Um, yeah, I wanted to get back more to the folk and uh, traditional Americana roots that I grew up with. Uh, my parents were really into bluegrass. So we just wanted to do a lot more of the more folky side of things. Flatfoot has always had one or two songs that kind of sounded in that vein. I wanted to explore that more. Um, my wife also plays in the band, plays accordion, and uh, got a chance to grab our old bagpiper from Flatfoot and throw him in a band. So um, yeah, it was, it was a chance to kind of explore different things than just the punk thing with Flatfoot. Um, and it's been really fun. And this has been ongoing for really quite some time. And you've got a newer EP out right now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, six years we've been playing. Um, the new EP came out this last March, or April, actually. Um, it took a long time to get it out. It was, frankly, too long. Um, we did a Christmas song we released, um, and then we released this. So our last, our last release was 2014, I believe. So it's been a long time, too long. So uh, we're going back into the studio in August. Uh, my wife and I are going to go do an album in Vancouver. Um, with our friend Roy Salomon and his studio out there and so uh, really excited about that but um, yeah just been exploring what it's like to um, take a band that is five members at its fullest and then can shrink down to just me doing solo as well and what that looks like you know with Flatfoot you, can, you can't really do that it's just all the band or nothing um, and so I wanted to so we'll go out and do uh, tours where it's like uh, 610 duo 610 trio 610 solo um, and kind of just do coffee shops and, and kind of things like that. It's been really fun, really fun. I loved watching your show last night, and it's so funny, even though I guess technically there were problems happening on stage, yeah. but you never care. You just keep rolling. <laughs> well, I, it's years and years and years of playing music and learning how to roll with the punches, and you know, the sound guys are figuring stuff out sometimes, especially when it comes to acoustic music. If they're not, if they're doing rock bands all day and then you come along with acoustic stuff, sometimes sound guys don't know how to handle that but um yeah it was a great set a lot of fun and we had a good time and uh the band is kind of just it's it's something we love to do so i hope that comes through that way you know it's just what we love to do so the one song that you played last night the promise that's from the new ep where we are that was really captivating hmm. you want to talk about the song sure sure um the band's always really wanted to explore the idea of commitment through difficulty. I think a lot of times we sing about difficulty and how hard stuff is, but um, just exploring the concept of um, remaining faithful through hard times, through difficult things, and remaining consistent with those that you love and the people around you. So it's kind of a call and response. It's kind of like... Um, it's like the song takes place to the lover um, basically saying I'm, I'm calling out to you I'm crying out to you to um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be pursuing you consistently and that's a theme that you see a lot in a lot of the 610 um, lyrics is is consistency in, in pursuit um, and I think that's kind of the heart the whole band has is just to convey that within male female love relationships whether it be um, male female whether it be father and son or mother and daughter or whatever whatever pursuit that might happen but the consistency in pursuit um, I think sometimes we, we lack that sometimes we we celebrate these grand gestures of, uh, of affection but we don't really look at the and uh, we don't celebrate the consistency of affection um, and being able to do that is something that I, I've learned to really value and um, hope to be somebody that does that with my wife, does that with my relationship with God, does that with my relationship with my daughter, um, pursues even when it's difficult. And um, so that's what that song is. It's what we called it The Promise. Is It's a consistency thing. And how old is your daughter now? She's seven months. Um, it's been a journey. It's been a lot of fun. She was out at the show last night. And uh, she takes really well, does really well with 
people that are new to her. And then we suffer the consequences later on <laughs> of the overwhelmed element. So it's, uh, it's, it, we love her. She's a total joy. Been speaking with Tobin Bawinkel of Six Foot Ten. Thanks so much, man. Always a pleasure to do a, do a interview with the antidote, man. It's always I appreciate your uh, interviewing style. It's very good. Coming up next is my talk with Two Minute Miner. And bluntly put, frontman Wiley Willis is a complete nut, and so is the rest of the band. They also make great punk music. And it was perfect that they were able to find some time for a short talk about their new Zap Records release. The Antidote's meeting with the heart of insanity, Two Minute Miner. Guys, good to have you here. Good to be here, Dave. Hello. Hello. So we're here at Audio Feed. Guys, you're playing a set tonight. Yes. You said there's surprises coming, yes. and nobody's going to hear this until after the show. So go ahead and give away the secret. We are covering. <laughs> Come on, tell them. If you know what I mean. <laughs> do, 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 do. We're covering MXPX Chick Magnet. Do, do, do. <laughs> do, do. I don't think he's heard it. <laughs> I gotta play it? Oh, <laughs> uh, it'll be fine. Oh, yeah. It's all about Chick Magnet. Has it, changed, <laughs> has it changed your life? It's the first just, time you oh, heard yeah. it was like two weeks ago. It's in no. C. I've no? heard it before oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a classic. It, it's in C. And yeah. Yeah. It, a it'll be a lot of fun. It is a classic, but why choose it? Oh, okay. Well, the honest reason we chose it is because our bass player started playing it at practice. And I was like, hey, that'd be cool if we played that audio feed. And he was like, yeah, that would be cool. And we all went, let's learn it. 
So let's get some French fries and feed them to the drummer. Because that's what they do in the music video. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be great. So we're gonna do that. We're gonna do all that. We'll throw French fries at Zach. That's right, and maybe the crowd. Maybe the crowd would like we'll French, fries. French fries. French yeah. people <laughs> like French fries. Yeah. Are there any limits to songs that you wouldn't play? Is there a song you'd cover? never cover? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, well, he probably wouldn't let me play a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. No, okay, no Red Hot no. Chili Peppers. No, he wouldn't let that happen. But we were we were uh, dabbling around with the idea of even covering a. Uh, an early Marilyn Manson song. Right. And oh no, we were talking about that Talking Heads song too. Oh, Talking Heads. The uh, Psycho Killer. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Do a short version we of that. We do change lyrics though because we want all of our music to be suitable for all ages. So if there's any swear, like in the Wesley Willis song, he says, change it to butthole. But you just said now. But it's not, this isn't That's music. Not, this oh, isn't okay. the music. I guess you're right. <laughs> okay, I may have to cut that. I can bleep it. Like <laughs> big league butts. You know what we were going to do yesterday? So the town that I live in, they have a little parade for the kids. And the kids walk in it. And me and Chris, we were going to put our kids in cages and dress up like ice and roll them around during the parade. And we were like, yes! And our our wives were like, no! Yes, the voice of reason said no. Yeah, but no, would that not have been a rad protest? Uh, Decline. I'm that kind of person, though. I mean, I'm not for putting kids in cages, and I'm not for Donald Trump. I know. Then I thought about my own doing that to my own kids. Yes, and then, that's, and then you, get, get you get in the whole thing, and, and you get angry, and you get upset about everything. All right, forget it. Yeah. New music has been happening. I've been sent a copy, and I haven't even had a chance to listen to it yet because I've been on the road. Talk about it. Well, this album is kind of strange because Bob and I are the only two original members in the band since we recorded Side A. So Side A and Side B is different band members, except for Bob and I. So we went through a whole revamp of the band, yeah, right around Christmas time. Then I reached out to, instead of just like going on Craigslist or finding people who I sort of know, I told Bob, I was like, I don't really have the energy to, honestly, to learn new people's way that they think and way that they play guitar. I was like, I'd really like to get three dudes in who I've known for a long time and who I know can play this music really well and who I know are really good at you know their instruments so I got Jeff who this will be the third band we've been in together um, and Jeff's phenomenal guitar player he primarily likes metal and plays metal but he he dabbles in punk because I make him I'm a a, a punk fan yeah Yeah. even if you didn't know MXPX oh yeah oh yeah okay we still believe you he didn't grow up in like the, the whole Christian scene like I did I think I'm the only Christian in the band now. Oh, come on. MXPX, huge. they had a Pepsi commercial. Oh, I didn't they know were that. huge. I didn't oh, they were, I they were huge. I saw them twice in like 94, 95. They came through Chicago. I think I saw them at Fireside and I saw them at the Vic. The first couple records, they were pretty big. They were on like Q101 all the time. And yeah. You know, they're not even in the same picture because now yeah. we're talking about two minute minor. Sure. And, and you talk about strange music, you're talking about this new one is unusual. Well, I'm talking to a band here that does hockey themed. Punk. That's not a usual thing. I grew up playing hockey. Did you play hockey? Sean, our, our, our uh, bass player, he's, goalie. he's a goalie still. Yeah. We get on the ice sometimes, but like, you know, when I was a teenager, we'd play rat hockey at the roller rinks. Or in line. Not, but, uh, a, lot, not but, a lot of frozen ice around us. No. UP, up. lots of frozen ice. Yeah. Play hockey all the time. Um, but this new, this new record, we recorded half of it with Jeff. He wasn't in the band yet. He's been engineering the last two records that we've done. And halfway through, like I said, we had a revamp of the band. And I was like, Jeff already knows our music. He records it. He's a really good guitar player. Why not ask Jeff? So I got Jeff. I got this guy named Brad, who I've been in three bands with two, and Sean, who I've been in another band with in Michigan. These three people are all from Michigan. Sean lives in Chicago now. Um, So once a month, actually, once a week, myself, Bob, and Sean, at my work where we practice, get together and write. And then we send the videos to uh, Jeff and Brad, and we say, hey, learn these. And maybe they do, maybe they don't. But when we show up, they know the songs pretty much. So, And then we work on it as a band, and once a month we go to Michigan and practice. And, and that's and we started recording the new record that way. That's okay, so you've changed up band members, but how has the sound changed at all? I don't think so. You haven't heard the record yet, but you listen to the, the, the A side, and then you listen to the B side, and it's all pretty fluid. I think the first record sounds different than the second. There's an evolution between the yeah, records. Yeah, because anyways, I think our yeah. first record is more, um, it's like 80s and 90s hardcore kind of mixed together because there's uh, more breakdowns. I wouldn't say breakdowns. 
I would say uh, halftime stuff. Halftime, like more stuff, yeah. And then the second record is all just like faster, minor, thready kind of. And then this third record, we kind of brought the the halftime stuff back a little. A little bit. It smashes together a little bit. Yeah. So. It's just, I mean, it's I a it's natural a, evolution of songwriting anyways. We started writing songs together like three and a half, four years ago. Yeah. It's just a, Him and I did, yeah. It's an yeah. evolution, you know. Well, that's what I mean. You're talking as if it was a long, long time ago, but this is still a short term. Sure. Four years? Yeah, it's not a long time. Yeah, we put a record. We put it feels three, like a long time. Three records in three years. We've I mean, gone through a lot of stuff. Right. I mean, we put a record out every year for three years. Yeah. And so. we're, in the fall, we're going to start writing the fourth Two Minute Minor full length. They're going to do a 12 First inch. full length, 12 inch. Yeah. Wow, full length. So that means it's going to run, what, gosh, 18, 19 minutes? No, maybe? we're going to give you 30 minutes for the music. Yeah. <laughs> 30 so to, it's going to be like 30 to 33 songs. minutes. Yeah. So it's going to be like 20 songs. 47 songs. No, it'll, it'll probably really be like 22 probably songs. Probably be like 20 songs, yeah. Yeah. So. This sounds like a crazy question, but why make music? What's the importance to you? That's, a, that's not crazy at all. If I'm not, I lose my mind. I ask myself that question every day for the last two years. Um, I, am actually, I actually get burnt out a lot because I do a lot. Uh, Jeff can attest to that. Like when I was in Michigan, I was like in three or four bands. And I kind of get to a point where I'm like, I need a break. And I'm kind of to that point right now. But I think the way that we're all friends and how we write together and that we practice once a month, like when we actually see each other, we're like, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. And even Jeff... Like last week when we practiced, like I feel like I haven't seen you guys in forever. Right. And it, it feels it feels good to, to step away a little bit and take a little bit of distance because you miss your friends and you miss the people you make music with and it doesn't become a chore. Right. You don't need to put too much pressure on yourself. It, it comes pretty yeah, we're old. Yeah, we're old, but it comes pretty easy anyways. And it just it's it's supposed to be fun. If I'm not doing it, I'm kind of not happy. I have to. There has to be something I'm working on. Yeah. It's pretty much all of us are in our 40s or getting there except for uh, our bass player. Yeah, he's like 12. (laughs) His mom had to sign a permission slip for him to come play here today. Well, gosh, it's past dinner time and you guys are old, so I don't want to keep you up too much longer. Easy question. Name of the new EP is? Snake That Ate Its Own Tail. The hard question is, what's the must-listen-to track from that? I really like self-titled Snake the Idiots Don't Tail that song that was the first song we wrote as a new band with Jeff and Brad and Sean um, Sean just wrote this really cool driving bass line in it and we were like okay we gotta run with this this is a good song and I I won't yeah that, we'll go with that song we'll make it easy <laughs> the antidote's been here with Two Minute Minor guys thanks so much for coming yeah it's always it's always good seeing you man for sure thank you yes definitely
mentioned that tonight's music styles are all over the map. Let's move into the metal of Symphony of Heaven in my chat with Logan Thompson. Joining the antidote is Logan Thompson of Symphony of Heaven. Good to have you here, Logan. Hey man, it's good to be here. Symphony of Heaven carries a really long genre title, Christian Symphonic Blackened Death Metal. Can you explain what that actually means? The best way I can describe it is... um taking the elements of all the music I like the most and I guess that's just me it's somewhere in the middle it's it has its symphonic elements it has its death metal elements it has its black metal elements and just big emotional music is 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 really what kind of comes out of me um, whether that be pick an emotion and, and try and take that to its extreme and convey that maybe it be something that's happened in my life or something that I'm passionate about and trying to take my heart and soul and put it all into the music as best to my ability, which ends up coming out as Christian symphonic black and death metal. You could probably <laughs> throw melodic in there as well. So, <laughs> I think you're the only band on Nostril Recordings that I've never actually had an interview with. So I guess, you know, we're long overdue for this. What about telling us about the other members of Symphony of Heaven? Absolutely. And I guess I'll preface that with this Symphony of Heaven started as just myself, a one-man project. Um, I could not locate any other musicians when I started, and I wanted to make music, so I acquired the means to do it, and I can pretty well play all the instruments, and so I just decided to start it. Then when it started to look like I wanted to turn this into a live act... Uh, really, honestly, God just put people in my life that have blessed me with the ability and the avail- and the availability to be able to play, to um, put their heart and soul into it as well, that we're close enough within driving distance that we can make this work. Um, so the other members are uh, David Napier. He is the other guitar player. He is from also the band Tamoritus. And uh, the drummer is Mason Beard of the Bearded Dragon Productions and Mystic Winter. And the bass player who has been with us uh, up very recently is Ero Tertusen from uh, the band Renaissance and the Slave Eye. Uh, I love that guy. He is just, he's amazing. He really is. Uh, it's been an honor to share the stage with him. He was a late addition uh, before this show, and he has come on and picked things up wonderfully. I couldn't be happier. We have to talk about what you're putting out, because musically, this is gorgeous. But it's the lyrics that are really the standout point for it. This is intelligent metal. So give me your thoughts. Do you think that metal bands are too dependent on the music and ignore the lyrics? I absolutely think that can be the case a lot of times. Uh, I notice that. Um, and it may be more in the genres that I'm not as a big a fan of. I think in maybe more in the core side, deathcore, metalcore, or just kind of, I would, I hate to say, but maybe lower level bands that they are just, <laughs> I mean, I'm a lower not, level band. A lower level band. No, no, well, no. I, I guess I mean by the fact that like, it's just a couple guys that like, yeah, I can play, I can play. Let's just throw some riffs together. And they don't take any time to let it sink in. There, there's not that composer mentality of writing a piece of art. Um, not that I'm saying my stuff is the greatest in the world, but that is the try and the mindset that I try and go into it with. So in lyrics, especially, that is where it's at. That is when I sing those on stage. That is my prayer. That is my shout out to God. That is what I want people to know. That's my self-expression. That I want to bear my soul to the world, to express myself, to possibly come alongside somebody that might hear the lyrics and say, hey, I've been there too. You're not alone. We all suffer in this life. We all go through bad things. I know that helps people because it helps me. So definitely I, I take a lot of time and a, my lyrics very seriously. And that shows because with your debut release, The Season of Death, 
I mean, critics described it as a masterpiece. Really, I've got to agree. You must pour just a ton of effort into all this. Absolutely, yes. Uh, that first album, it's funny, I, that was really the, my first experience at length with home recording and taking the time to do it. And it, it takes a lot of time to do it everything yourself. Um, you do. You, you take your, your heart and your soul and you pour it into it as, as best as you can in the best way you can express it. And you just you pray that it comes out well and what the sound that you're hearing in your head that you can record. The album's called The Season of Death, but really the release is all about life, life with Christ. Do you feel it's your duty to lay out this path of faith? I, I've, I went into this band with the mindset that I would like to be able to plant seeds of faith through my art. I have heard a lot about the debate, is this a Christian band or a Christian in a band, and how the labels and everything else, I don't put a whole lot of thought into it per se. I don't care what you call me, because I'm going to play and write the same either way. I'm a Christian. My lyrics are going to reflect that, because that is my heart and my soul and my mind. I'm not going to write opposite of that. To be able to plant seeds of faith for people is really the goal here. Um, and, and also because I believe that God enjoys art for art's sake and beauty for beauty's sake. We look at creation around us, that's obvious. He's a creative God. He's a God who loves beauty. It's like instrumental music. It doesn't even have to be lyrics in it, and it still speaks. It, and it all points back to God anyway. I'd like to talk about the closing song on the album, the one called Time Descending, and it speaks about God controlling the universe, even time itself. Non-Christians are uncomfortable with that, about God having power over our life. How do you assure them that it's okay? How do I assure non-believers that it's okay, that God is in control of their life? Um, I guess maybe for an unbeliever, I guess that depends on your mindset. Um, I mean, obviously, God wants a relationship with all of us. That's why he sent Jesus. He gave us a way to escape the dominion of darkness. But also, at the same time, if your heart is hardened towards him, the fact that he's in control of time can be a scary thing. It can make you angry because you're already angry at him. Um, So I guess it depends on how you look at it. For the believer, it's a comfort. We know we've already won We know that the victory is complete. While we have small battles in the meantime, the war is won. And yes, that is hard to remember in different seasons of life. But if we keep our faith, we come back to that. And But for a a non-believer maybe that senses that missing piece in their life, because we all know deep down that God is and that knowing that he is in control, and if you look back over your life, you see that maybe even for the non-believer, you think of uh, Cornelius and how God orchestrated for Peter to come all the way to speak to him. It shows me that if you seek him, you will find him. He's in control, and he will make a way to beckon you back to him. What's the future plans for Symphony of Heaven? The future plans are to just uh, keep moving forward. Uh, With our first show at Audio Feed this weekend, that was a a big step up for us. Um, Plans are to keep booking live shows, uh, trying to make sure that we have availability with our members and and really just getting everybody on board. I'll be writing the next album here within the next probably two months. I'll be starting on that. Um, I'm really excited for that. I really feel like I've grown from the season of death to the the two songs on the Body of Christ split. In my mind, we're worlds apart. So I'm really looking forward to where I'll be now, even probably a year after writing the Body of Christ. Now, if you don't mind, before we close up, I've got to talk to your crew. Oh, yeah. Guys, can you introduce yourselves? Who are you? Um, I'm Josiah Thompson. My name is Jacob Thompson. And how old are you? Seven. I'm five. Does dad pay you money? No. No. <laughs> Have you talked to him about not getting paid? Nope. You can now. <laughs> this one has <laughs> <laughs> Logan, thanks so much for your time, man. Appreciate it. Hey, man, thank you very much for having me, and God bless you, man.
What an excellent track. Time transcending from Symphony of Heaven's debut release, The Season of Death. There were so many artists to see and speak with at AudioFeed 2019, so we are far from being done with this festival. Come back next week for another installment of music and conversation from this year's event. And it includes artists like Old Solar, GFM, Rusty Ship, American Arson, and Idol Achiever. I've given all the positives about the festival, but not everything goes perfectly, including a microburst flooding the main stage. Another negative is when a scheduled band can't make it, like White Collar Sideshow. Their stage show is incredibly involved, and it wasn't ready quite in time for the festival. To compensate, here's a peek at their upcoming album with its title track, I Didn't Come Here to Die. Let me ask you a question. A very serious question. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Top of Fort Smith.